God has a plan for this person. And so how can I just be faithful to this small moment, some small part of this person's lifelong plan from God for them to come to know his love? So I was in my garden this morning and um, I had the back door open and I felt someone staring at me and I turned around and there was uh, just a very old Japanese gardener just standing there watching me. And so I turned around and I was like, can I help you? And he asked me, uh, what do I know about bonsai trees? And I was like, very little. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 138. If you're just joining us for the first time, we start every episode with a dad joke to put a smile on your face. Plus, I love bonsai trees. I've always had a fascination with them. But anyway, if this is your first time listening, please rate and review this podcast. That helps us uh, reach other listeners. And if you haven't yet done so, please do that. That would be wonderful. The highest compliment you can pay this podcast and me is to share this with your family and friends. And if you do so on social media, make sure you tag us on Instagram at manafoodforthought, all spelled out on Instagram. You can find all of our information, manafoodforthought.com, all spelled out, uh, our social media, blogs, previous podcast episodes, Bible study, uh, all of all of that, all the good stuff. And you can become a Patreon subscriber or patron for as little as $1 a month because this podcast does cost money to host and to publish. And you can be a part of that and patrons get perks. And so thank you for being a patron, those of you who are. And for those of you listening as well, thanks for being here. It's great to be back with you. Let's get into our joy, junk, and Jesus. So my joy this past week was Thanksgiving. Got to see my entire family, um, my sister, my brother-in-law, my niece, my parents, my in-laws. We hosted Thanksgiving, which is nice because we don't have to move around with the kids. And we did, you know, cook the turkey and a couple other dishes, but uh, everyone kind of brought stuff and it made it just very easy. So uh, it's very nice. And um, but one of my joys was that uh, last week also was uh, Jenna's birthday, who's my former co-host on this podcast, my best friend. And we got to go over there on her birthday and see her family and the kids and her parents were over. And it, I just was reflecting back on it and appreciating just how easily our families can be together. And what a gift that is, because you don't have that with everybody. You know, we can just kind of walk into each other's houses. We know each other's families, extended family, and we can just kind of melt right into whatever situation is is there and just kind of um, be part of it because we're so close. And I'm just so grateful for that. So um, <clears throat> that brought me a lot of joy. My junk is that I'm tired. I have not been sleeping well. Um, and this past week, um, so we compost in our house. I think I've talked about that before. And I have four compost bins in our kind of back shed and all of them were full, which means I needed to clean them out, empty them and either use them or recycle the compost, um, and clean them all out. And so I had a little bit of a reprieve on Friday while my family was in town. My uh, sister and her family went back to where they were staying, um, with uh, my brother-in-law's family for Thanksgiving. My parents went back to their hotel. So I had a little window and I spent like an hour uh, doing that finally. But it was just, you know, I really much would have rather kind of taken a nap or something. So that was kind of junky. Um, and this week also junk has been just parenting. Parenting is hard and trying to establish boundaries with your children and discipline in ways that are fruitful and productive and don't cause psychological trauma <laughs> to say the least is is hard and so um yeah um 
follow a lot of great Instagram accounts and I see things often after the fact that I'm like, oh yeah, would have been good for me to have done that instead of what I did. So we're getting there, but it's just been a hard week with um, listening with our kiddos. So uh, yeah, and my back is still not doing great. So if you can continue to pray for me, that would be great. My Jesus moment was on Friday when my sister, brother-in-law, my niece were in town after we went out to lunch. Uh, my kids and my niece uh, Odette were all just running around in the leaves in the backyard playing with these like little sports balls and I took a bubble gun out and they were playing with bubbles and they were all just running around having a great time and laughing together and it was just really beautiful so I just really experienced Jesus in that moment this episode I wanted to talk about uh, the holidays are upon us and we're seeing family and friends and some of whom we only see every now and then or maybe even once or twice a year and God placed those people in our lives for a reason. They should be the primary people that we look to when it comes to evangelizing and sharing the good news. And so I wanted to focus on how do we evangelize friends and family this holiday season? And I wanted to do that through the lens of the second reading for this upcoming Sunday, like we always do. So second reading from this upcoming Sunday is Romans chapter 15, verses 4 through 9. And Paul here, he's exhorting the community in Rome towards the end of the letter of Romans to try and encourage them to keep going, to be encouraged, to have hope, to work together, um, and to, to remember um, that what's happening in the integration of the Jews and the Gentiles, it's a, it's a fulfillment of all of the promises of God, that God is going to be with them and guide them, that we're all going to be together, worship as one. And so there's some key things from the scripture that I wanted to point out. There's some key words in here that I wanted to take out. And so the words that stood out to me were endurance, encouragement, hope, harmony, and welcome. Endurance, encouragement, hope, harmony, and welcome. All words from our second reading this week. And I think those five words can be five things we keep in mind or five ways in which we can better evangelize friends and family this holiday season. So let's go through them quickly one by one. First is endurance. And what I mean by this is not to like treat this like a marathon where you're just going, 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 like hitting people in the head with theological arguments left and right. Like if you have someone who's very intellectual and has a lot of academic knowledge and questions, then by all means, like, you know, engage in the academic decathlon that is the rich treasure of Catholicism and history. But uh, what I mean by endurance is keep going, keep trying. I think it's very easy to get discouraged and feel like I don't even know how to evangelize these people. I have so much history with them. They know me so well, almost too well. They know all the mistakes I've made. They know how to push my buttons. Uh, I don't want to damage the relationship or make them feel like all of a sudden I'm being critical or judgmental or holier than thou, or I think they're less than. And so I think it's just, it's about continuing to try and doing it little by little. And this reminded me of Matthew chapter 18 in the section about fraternal correction. And in Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 15, it gives instructions on what to do if a brother, meaning or brother or sister in the church, in the community, uh, commits a sin against you. And it basically says, you know, go and tell him the fault between you and him alone. And if he listens to, to you, you've won them over. If he doesn't listen, then take two others, one or two others along with you so that everything can be established on witnesses. You can go and say like, yeah, this guy's not listening, right? Like I'm doing my best or am I in the right here? Like you have other people to back you up. And then if they refuse, you'd go tell the church. And if he refuses to listen to the church, then you can kind of say, okay, like this isn't working right now. It would say in scripture, you treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Like, okay, this person's outside of the community. Uh, they're not, you know, willing to, to be part of the church community. Um, 
and it reminds them at the end where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So what I appreciate about this, not only does it provide a model for different ways in which you can you know, bring people to a realization that they might need, might need to change, repent, correct their behavior, et cetera, but the key principle here is that the person keeps trying. Like they, they go to the other person by themselves, they don't listen, they don't give up. They go and find one or two friends and they go back and they try and get this person to listen. And when that doesn't work, they don't give up. They bring the church. They bring the other resources they have. You know, so they continue to try. Uh, and so I think that's important that, like, this is not – we're playing the long game here. God plays the long game. He has been ever since the creation of the world, ever since the fall of Adam and Eve. He's playing the long game. You know, thousands of years went by before he came uh, in the form of his son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins. And there will be, you know, more years after that, many more years probably after even now – uh, until he comes again. And so he's, he's got a long plan in mind. And so we need to recognize, like, it doesn't all, this will kind of relate to a point I'm going to talk about in a, in a moment, but it doesn't all need to happen right now. So just keep going. If you've been discouraged, if you feel like there's no open door, just begin everything in prayer. Soak the entire situation in prayer. If you need to be have endurance in anything with these encounters is that you are prayed up that you are ready, you are full, your cup is full and ready to overflow and pour into the cup of someone else, that you're not doing this, you know, at your at your most tired, vulnerable, weak, faithless, you know, that you are filled, you're prayed up before you go and pray into the lives of others. Okay, so that's endurance. Second one is encouragement. It's always important to keep in mind that this needs to be done in a positive, affirming, hopeful and inviting way. So if you want to talk about the gravity of things like sin and hell, you need to talk about it from a personal perspective, like what it means to you rather than placing it on them. So if someone, if you recognize someone in your life is doing something that's immoral or they're going down a, a wrong path or they're, they're behaving in such a way, it's not helpful to say like, what you're doing is wrong. You know, let me tell you why. Sometimes people need that wake up call. And I think there are rare situations where you know the person well enough. And you have, you know, the trust between you where you can say stuff like that. But I don't think it's often the first conversation. I think that happens after a culmination of different events. And you kind of just have to be like, look, you know, you, I've tried to say this, but you're not listening. So, like, I need to tell you straight out. But if you want to tell someone the good news and you need to kind of paint the bad news, don't place the bad news on them. You don't want to talk about this in a fearful way. Like, hey, if you keep doing what you're doing, like, that's a sin or you're going to hell or you're living in sin. You have to share from a personal perspective. And if you know like someone is living in sin, give an example of a time that you did in the past and you didn't maybe recognize that it was bad until you were out of it. You know, uh, share from your own personal witness and testimony. This is where I was and this is how God brought me out of it and why it's so much better now. And I didn't realize at the time how much I needed God or that I was really looking for something else instead of putting all my hope in this earthly thing or whatever it is. Those are examples. Uh, and so <clears throat> First Peter 3 is commonly quoted, you know, um, Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. But if you back up a little bit in that section, 1 Peter 3, and you start in verse 13, listen to what it says. It says, now who is going to harm you if you are enthusiastic for what is good? But even if you should suffer because of righteousness, blessed are you. Do not be afraid or terrified with fear of them, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. You pay attention to that? Paul or Peter is saying here, be... Like, be enthusiastic for what is good. And even if you suffer, see that as a blessing. Don't be scared, but sanctify Christ 
as Lord in your hearts. Recognize that there is purpose in the bad and in the good, and that can be shared. And that's something that can be very uh, contagious and encouraging for someone is that they see our enthusiasm, our joy for our own faith. And then that passage goes on to say, the passage we all know, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope, but do it with gentleness and reverence, keeping your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, those who defame your good conduct in Christ may themselves be put to shame. Like behave so in such an affirming, loving, positive, encouraging way that if someone were to attack you, they would be the one who looks kind of like, whoa, that's like a little harsh there, you know. Don't be the one who's coming on harsh, coming on too strong, proselytizing in a context or in a situation or in a way that is not helpful. Okay, so make sure you're being prudent. If you're not sure how to approach something, maybe run it by someone else first uh, and think about switching the roles. Like if you were in that position or you had been in that position previously in your life and someone came and told you what you're about to say, how would you have responded? Okay, <clears throat> so that's uh, endurance and encouragement. Next is hope. Hope is built through patience and trust. You know, we have hope because we trust that God is good and we are patiently waiting for that good to be borne out. We don't expect it to all happen at once. We know that suffering is a part of life. We know that God can bring good out of anything. All things work for good for those who love God, as it says in Romans 8, 28. Um, one of my favorite verses that I always quote. But just recognize, like, when we have hope for a person, it, it offers us the opportunity to in the same spirit of endurance, to, to be patient, to keep trying, to recognize evangelizing a person does not need to happen all at once. They don't need to come to that light bulb moment every conversation. What's more important is that they know that you care, they know that you're seeking to understand, that you're not judging or criticizing them, and that the conversation is an open door. You can always come back to it, okay? And it's not done in a way that is like, hey, I, I want to get you to my conclusion, you know? Really having a genuine curiosity about why, what people believe, why they believe what they believe, and if that belief is something you should believe. Like, tell me why you believe that. Because if it's true, I want to believe it too. Like, having that kind of perspective is so helpful and so um, much more encouraging for both people that you can really have a lot of hope that, this, that, that God is using this and, and they're trusting that God has a lifelong plan for this person. So we're just seeking to be faithful to our own small part of that plan in the moment. We're not trying to write the person's whole plan out from start to finish and then getting frustrated when it's not working out or the conversation goes south or the person's not agreeing with us, okay? So having hope means that we're willing to, you know, go back to that endurance, to have that patience and trust and to know that um, God has a plan for this person. And so how can I just be faithful to this small moment, some small part of this person's lifelong plan from God? For them to come to know his love endurance encouragement hope next is harmony harmony in hebrews 12 14 it says strive for peace with everyone and for that holiness without which no one will see the lord if you do not have peace if you're not living your life in a holy way then people are going to notice that and then if you try and evangelize them if you try and preach to them they're going to see that they're going to think you're a hypocrite this is something that needs to be lived out our actions and our joy must show that we mean what we say and we live out what we believe. It should be done so profoundly that we shouldn't even need to have to approach someone and say, what do you believe and why? People should be so attracted to the way we believe that they are coming to us and asking, hey, what is it about you that makes you so joyful or makes you so happy or makes you respond so peacefully 
or so humbly in these situations that so many other people would respond to with anger or, you know, a pride. And that can be something that's truly evangelistic, that really opens the door to further conversation. Endurance, encouragement, hope, harmony, and last is welcome. This passage from the gospel, welcome, or the, the b- reading from Romans, welcome one another then as Christ welcomed you. Always have that opportunity for invitation. Invite others into your home, into your traditions, your prayer, into your pew, into your parish. Like always be willing to welcome people into those areas of life. First uh, Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, it says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and sober for prayers. Above all, let your love for one another be intense, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Recognize the context there. Oftentimes we'll hear this verse just by itself. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. And that's good. We should welcome one another into our lives and not have to present this perfect facade like, oh, come on over for dinner and we'll clean the whole house and the kids will behave. Well, just bring them into your mess. Kind of like I was talking about how the DiBernardos in our family, Jenna's family and mine, we can just kind of mesh. It doesn't matter if the house is a mess and all the kids are screaming and we're disciplining each other's kids, which, you know, like we know how to do. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter because we, we know that that's what hospitality is about. We, we enter into each other's mess without complaining. We welcome people. We invite. We love them in that space. But recognize the context here in First Peter chapter 4. Why are we hospitable without complaining? Well, because the end of all things is at hand. Like, this is the, this is the, the bad news about what makes the good news so good, that, like, sin and death is it has a trajectory and eventually it's going to reach the ends that it's it's running toward sin is eventually going to lead to death and destruction and so and the end of time is going to happen at some point and so we need to be ready we need to be acting we need to be actively welcoming people into a relationship with jesus christ that's what hospitality is about hospitality is not about like oh let's just get together and have this instagram picture perfect moment and present our house and decorate it in such a way that people are like, wow, that was such an amazing dinner. No, like hospitality is about loving and creating relationships that are Christ-centered so that we can run toward heaven and seek to be saints with this and get as many other people on that journey with us as possible. Wel- welcoming other people into our life in Christ, our family's life in Christ. Because... The end of all things is at hand, like the time to act is now. So our love for one another, as that passage in 1 Peter 4 says, our love one another should be intense because that love will cover a multitude of sins and it will come forth in the fruits uh, or through the means of hospitality and hospitality that's not done out of obligation, but that's done without complaining and just welcoming people as they are. And so I want to encourage you over this holiday season, take those things to heart, endurance, encouragement, hope, harmony, and welcome. Pick maybe one of those things that you feel like really resonated with you or connected to you or a person in your life. I guarantee you, as you've been listening to this, you thought of a particular relationship, didn't you? Like a person in your life, you're like, oh, maybe I need to try that with that person. Or maybe I thought that door was closed, but now I'm realizing God might be speaking to me to tell me to go reach out to that person or try this. Focus on that one, one of those five words with, you know, that one relationship that resonated with it or that came up in prayer or in listening to this, because I know as you're listening to this, God is speaking through you. He's seeking to use you and use me to live out these things, to bring others to know the loving and beautiful, you know, life that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. So endurance, encouragement, hope, harmony, and welcome. 
how are you being called and in what relationships are you being called to specifically focus on those things to better evangelize your friends, your family, whoever you encounter this holiday season. Because Christmas is about Jesus. Advent is about preparing for Jesus. And every single day is Advent. We are preparing to welcome Jesus into not only our life, but to prepare the way of the Lord and make straight his paths to announce him into the lives of other people. Literally, our job is to be John the Baptist every single day, to announce his coming and his desire to come into the lives of other people. So how can you do that? How can you better do that this week, in the coming month, this holiday season, with those people in your life, especially those who came to mind as you were listening to this? Know that I am praying for you. Please pray for me. And until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. God bless.